forget about all the self-help books. Go literally go burn them. Go get this one book and read it and read it and read it and read it and tab it up and tab it up. How do we build character? What is it? What is this thing, character, and why, why do we care about it? Welcome to Deltapod. In this episode, we're going to be talking about how can we move towards high performance. In our last session, last episode, we spoke about what is performance and high performance and kind of we spoke about the performance spaces model. So if you haven't listened to that, it's kind of a requisite for this. If you want the full effect, then perhaps jump back an episode and listen to that. The hypothesis here is that there is no formula to achieve high performance or higher performance as we coined last time. But there are a number of things we can do that enable us to move towards it. Okay, so I can't give you a two plus two equals high performance, but there's a number of enablers that I think, um, and it's not just me, but having run this program like I said, for the last four or five years, people have pulled us apart, they've kind of added a few bits and pieces, but actually I think this is fairly holistic. What we're going to talk about now is the enablers of high performance. What can enable us to move towards, towards that? So in our last episode, we spoke about the three performance spaces as high performance, just average performance and we said that's quite a high bar still and then there's the kind of low performance the low effort and low intentions space and actually we probably bounce between the low intention low effort space and average performance most of the time and occasionally five percent of the time think about trying to achieve high performance but perhaps most of the time we're thinking just performing to the standard is high performance whereas i would say actually high performance is a little bit more than that High performance as a concept is an objective thing in the future. It's quite a hard thing to kind of pin down or rather it's quite a hard thing to think about and really use right now. Whereas the mindset, the concept of higher performance, so the ER and on the end of high, that, that ER is pivotal in changing our mindset. Okay, and we're, we're looking for a mindset here. We're not looking for an objective measure, which is in our future. So the mindset of higher performance means that anyone can do it at any given time. Right now, you could switch into a higher performance. I'll do a little bit more. That pushes me through the pain threshold. I'll do a little bit more. If, you, if you're super ill and you're really struggling just to get out of bed, well, what does a little bit more look like for you, right? It's subjective. Higher performance, the mindset of that is really applicable to all of us. Whereas high performance is quite a subjective thing. And because it's subjective, right, we're going to have, there's a number of things we're going to need to do if we want to achieve high performance, like this objective thing over here, then there are none of these enablers can help us do that. But actually, when we talk about the mindset of higher performance, doing a little bit more, these enablers can will, will appear as well, right? So, so there's six enablers. And I'm just going to talk through them. I'm not going to explain each one. I'm going to try and do a podcast on each one of these separately. But I'm going to talk through them. So you've got them. They're in the blog. I'm basically reading from the blog right now. Um, but in no particular order, those six enablers of high performance are the disciplines of discipline. Did you know there's four disciplines that make up discipline? Focus. The ability to build focus, to apply it to specific things vulnerability our ability to be vulnerable to look at ourselves to be self-aware and say actually in this space i could be a little bit better here coaching concepts and ultimately what coaching is is the ability to work 
on something to take ourselves out of the hamster wheel and to view it from a third party position to work on it. In the military, it's called a condor moment. My ability to pull myself out of the situation, look down upon the situation and say, right, should I go left or right flanking type decision? Intentionality. And within that is planning and kind of setting goals and that kind of stuff. And then finally, and for me, this is almost like the secret source to all this, is character and grit. Uh, And I did a whole film around this where I went and dug a hole for 24 hours. and, And the challenge for the film was, how do we build character what is it what is this thing character and why why do we care about it and i think character and grit the ability to move forward through pain and discomfort will almost be like the superpower that can move us through the high performance threshold that we spoke about last time i'm just going to tell a, a few little things little few things which help bring us to life um and i'm going to go to every single one but sort of disciplines of discipline there are four First one, we all can accept is, this is what discipline is, forgetting the other three. So delaying gratification. The interesting thing about that is, if you persistently and always delay gratification, then you have no gratification. Okay, so if you're relying upon that gratification to drive you forward, I'm being disciplined, I'm delaying gratification, that's all well and good, okay? But at some point, you've got to let yourself eat the donut. Whereas there's, a, there's another level here where you could get to the point where, I just don't want to eat donut. The donut doesn't exist. It's not part of my diet anymore. Right? And it's an interesting one. He now transcended into this new space of, I don't eat donuts. Right? Oh, for me, I, I, I love the 75 Hour Program by Andy Frizzella. I think um, I'm day 52. One of the things it's really teaching me is, is building a new set of standards in my life. And so the new standards are, don't eat donuts. I have a massive sweet tooth. I love for going for a coffee and a little bit of a, a baked good. But I don't do it anymore. I'll have a coffee, yeah, but I'm not going to have the extra 400 calories, the, the sugar hit, which I don't need. The next discipline of discipline is acceptance of responsibility. Jocko Willink talks about this all the time. Extreme ownership, acceptance of responsibility. Even the stuff that you think is not, not your responsibility, oh, that was his responsibility leadership hierarchies they they rob us of this acceptance of responsibility right what's really interesting here is when you're in a hierarchical situation and you're not the leader you will subconsciously devolve ownership for the situation the outcome or a bit of your responsibility to the leader right if something goes wrong it wasn't on you it was on the leader okay and that's where hierarchies can actually be quite a toxic way of enforcing leadership and actually, they can't really force leadership. And there's a whole other episode there. But ultimately, leadership is an emotion in the follower. It's not a role or a position. Third discipline and discipline. Dedication to truth or reality or slash reality. This is an interesting one because we are all in our own heads all the time, right? The person we talk to the most is ourselves. And sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes it's a bad thing. Sometimes we might be in a really negative situation and we need to tell ourselves some positives, some truths, be do our gratitude practices and all that good stuff. Other times, the story we're telling ourselves is not linked to reality. Okay, so this is all about having a discipline to acknowledge the objective nature of reality. And in high performance space, this is vital, right? Whatever your bar is, whatever your setting is high performance in your domain, say you want to run, say you're like in your local running club, or the high performers are all running 5K in less than 17 minutes. Well, there you go. 
That's your, that's your objective measure. If you run a 17 minute, five second and 5K, are you a high performer? No, because you're short by five seconds. That's dedication to reality. A little story for my life. Ran London Marathon with a 42 kilogram sandbag. The goal I set myself was to do it in under seven hours. I did it in seven hours, 15 minutes, 34 seconds. So did I hit my goal? No, I didn't. I was 15 minutes short. And is that a tough, is that a tough truth to bet? Yes, it is. That's why it's a discipline. Right? I, I don't want to acknowledge that. But actually, if I want to achieve my goal, I need to go back and do it again. But it was seven hours of pain. Well, that's, that's the discipline in this. And the last one is balancing. And I spoke a bit about this in the what is high performance piece, but this is balancing. If I'm going at high performance and I want to go to this high performance space, I'm going to get concentrated. I'm going to get focused. I need to build that focus. And that's the next enabler. But it also means I can be a bit salty, right? The more concentrated you are, I imagine a cordial. If I just drink a, a load of black currant cordial without diluting it, it's going to be really sweet and not going to be very tasty. It's going to be a bit bitter, right? I'm not going to like it. I'm going to pull a funny face. That's what you're like in a social scene, right? If you're being committed to a certain goal, then that's, that's what you're going to be like. That's your social life, right? You're going to be a bit salty, a bit prickly around other people because you're so focusing on one thing. And so balancing is knowing when to do that, when to step into that space to be a bit imbalanced and when to balance it out with, actually, you know what? I will have that beer. I will have that glass of wine. I will let my hair down a little bit and have a later night. Right. And so it's that balancing. And for me, there's a few key balancing things we all need to trade off all the time. Authenticity versus love. I think the best way to do this is kind of using crass language, but there's always these people who say, oh, I'm just being my authentic self. But your authentic self is really abrasive and a bit of an asshole. Well, that's okay. But you need to temper that with love for others, which is to put others before yourself or empathy. Right. So Balancing out your truest self, I'm just being me and letting my light shine versus actually love for others and considering other people's views, opinions and what is best for the group. And there's a whole thing around teamwork there and actually it's not about you, it's about the team. Submission to the team is submitting your own ego and your own authenticity sometimes. Another balancing dilemma is yes versus no. Yes, I want to eat the donut. Or should I say, no, I don't want to eat the donut. Or no, I don't eat donuts. Right, it's the yes versus no. For me, I think think of the word as no as a strategic word. Right? If I say no, if someone says no to me, it means they've got a strategy. That actually, I'm saying no because I know that I need to get to X, Y, Z. I need to go and do these things. But it's quite easy to say yes. The unthinking answer is yes, but no has a bit of thought behind it. And then there's the tactical versus strategic, which is kind of balanced to all of those there. But what do I want right now? versus what's going to move me towards my strategic goals. And having strategy, the art of strategy, is it informs what you do now, right? So if I have a strategy, I, if you think, imagine looking at the horizon, my strategy should tell me where to go once I'm beyond the horizon. I can't see the terrain, I don't know what's going to happen beyond the horizon. But strategy tells me that and actually informs what I do now so I can get to the correct place on the horizon. So the discipline's a discipline. Now they're not mine. They're taken from a book called The Rose Less Travelled by a guy called Scott M. Peck, super ninja psycholo psychologist, very, very, very interesting book. Like, hands down, like, forget about all the self-help books, like, literally go burn them, go get this one book and read it and read it and read it and read it and tab it up and tab it up. And it's 
I'll go get mine. I'll show you mine. Back in. Right. Read it. The Road Less Travelled, M. Scott Peck. This is an older version. I think there's a newer edition now. He also defines what is love in this, which is flipping punchy, pretty ambitious as well. Good book. The next enablers I want to talk about, oh, and I'm not going to talk about all of them, is focus, right? And I want to tell you a story that focus is so important, but I want you to think of it like this. Perhaps the only time in your life you're properly focused right now is when you go to the cinema. So let's dissect that. When you go to the cinema or the movie theatre, depending on what you want to call it and where you are, which side of the Atlantic you are, you plan it, right? I'm going to go to the cinema. I, I'm going to book my tickets. I'm going to turn up. I don't just turn up on time. I turn up well before. I get my popcorn. I get my drink. I might use a toilet. I then get shown through to the correct screen. I get in. I'm there nice and early normally. And I'll watch a few adverts. It's kind of warming up to me. Let's me eat my popcorn, right? And then as the film starts to come up, I'm start, they start to warm up my focus. Okay, at this point. So what happens? The first stage is the lights dim a little bit. And then they're like, turn your phone off. And there's all this kind of dramatic bit about turning your phone off and respecting others and focusing in and enjoying it. And then as the film starts, as the, as the initial credits start to roll, what happens? The screen broadens a little bit. The lights fully dim. And what you may not notice is the temperature drops a little bit as well as the sound going up. So you are literally, the environment is curated. It's sucking you into focus on this film. You then focus. You're then focusing for two hours, hour and a half on this film and the storyline and the plot and the theatre of it all. It then ends. You then walk out and go, you don't just walk straight home and forget about it. You walk out with whoever you're there with or perhaps you're there by yourself. I love going to see by myself. It's great. You then walk out, you get a bit of food. If you're with your mates, you go to Nando's and you talk about the film. What was your favourite bit? What do you think about this? Would you go see it again? And you might tell people on social media what, what happened. You talk about it for a little bit. You come down, you break your focus. And so there's this three components to, win, to focus. There's the opening up, there's the preparation for it. There's the deep focus and that's environmental as well as psychological. I'm preparing my environment for the task at hand, but also my mindset. And then when I've done my focus for my period of time and you might time box it you might not you then walk away you're like right and I'm going to go and reflect upon what I did and I'm going to break focus so next time you have to focus on something think about the cinema the cinema analogy of oh I'm going to the cinema well I need to book it in well where am I booking in that focus time tomorrow in my day what's the what are the key things I need to focus on versus what shouldn't I focus or what can't I focus on because the interesting question here is can I focus for nine hours a day I would think the short answer is no, you can't. Um, so what are the key things you should focus on tomorrow? And that kind of leads into another element of focus, which I won't go into, is about how you prioritise. And there's lots of different ways to prioritise. I like the Eisenhower prioritisation matrix. I think it's very useful and actually makes you intentional. But um, how you do it is up to you. And like I said, is, this is expanded on a little bit more in the blog. So that's focus. Use the cinema analogy to think about how will I build focus and break focus at specific times during the day. Intentionality is key, right? Is high, can I achieve high performance without having any form of intention? If I don't intend to achieve high performance, can I achieve it? And I would say it's very difficult to. And actually, when you, realize, when you get there, you don't realise you're there. 
And there's this whole piece around building desire towards goals. So what are the goals? How specific and measurable are they? Will build your intention. Like, have you, sp- have you written it down and told people about it? That's, that's building your intention. So when I did, I did London Marathon with the sandbag, I told a couple of mates, I got a few people involved and they were like, they were, they were helping me build that goal they helped me build that desire. I think that intentionality is a core component. It's the, it enables you and we sets out the train tracks for you to move towards high performance. There's quite a bit in this and in the blog, it's it'll expand a little bit more and there's a danger of overload. And you might think actually, cool, that's all a bit intense. I don't really want to perform that high. Well, this is the brutal truth of high performance, right? It's going to be a little bit hard. It's going to be a little bit tricky. And actually taking the time to digest what these enablers mean to you, to read the blog, to ask me questions, to go and research what it is to, how do you build habits, to watch the film around character and grit. All those things are building you up to enabling you to move towards high performance. You're committing to that. You're, you're taking it more seriously. So there's an objective brutality to high performance. You're either running the sub 17 minute five kilometers or you're running 17 minutes, five seconds. And so there is an objective nature to this. And so just remember there is a difference between the average performer, the almost, and then the high performer, the high, high performance space. There's a threshold between those two spaces and that threshold will have pain. It requires a bit of pain. You're going to be exposed to new things. But pushing through it, going a little bit more, applying some discretionary effort and using these enablers will hopefully give you a bit more of a framework to move towards it and move into it. So hopefully that will make sense. There's a lot here and I'm going to try and unpack gradually various bits and pieces of those enablers as, as we move forward with these, these podcasts. But I'd love to know your thoughts. Please comment on the blog or comment wherever you see this. And um, I'd love you to share it with people. Please do share it, like, get other people's views on it. And um, I will see you in the next one. Thank you very much.